with counselor Mandy Bird. Here, you'll learn practical tools for navigating your losses and hear inspiring real-life stories from courageous people who have moved through their losses and found hope, their own authenticity, and how to give back to the world. And now, your host, Counselor Mandy. Welcome to Finding Hope. I'm Counselor Mandy Bird, and you all are in for a treat today. We've got some amazing divine feminine energy with us. We have the gorgeous, talented, beautiful, smart, bright, sassy Maureen Muldoon with us today. Maureen, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, gosh, thanks so much for having me. And right back at you, sister. You spotted, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, I could not do this incredible podcast with my dear friend and soul sister, Cindy Bolero. Hey there, Cindy. Hey there. Happy to be here. And I am happy to uh, introduce Maureen today. So Maureen is a spiritual Pied Piper and shameless storyteller and speaker who is transforming the way people think of church, sex, spirituality, and creativity. She runs several communities, Miracles Live 365, Speakeasy Spiritual Community, and Voice Box Stories. She's the author of several books, including The Life of a Sandcastle, and helps children understand the vast topic of life and death. Maureen celebrates the miracles that live beneath the mundane and is devoted to helping you create your most engaged and unapologetic life. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Maureen, one one of the many reasons I invited you to be with us on Finding Hope is I've I have followed you on on social media and have been so inspired by your commitment to authenticity and it was so evident to me that you have a powerful grief journey as we all do in our humanity and what my great passion is about is to support people in their grief journey to help them discover their authenticity and to really help people connect the dots around how Grief is a great teacher when we dig Mm -hmm. for the gifts, how it allows us to discover our authenticity and then to take our gifts to the world for service. And I really wanted our listeners to have the opportunity to hear whatever parts of your story you wanted to share and the wisdom that's on your heart during these days that we're in, in a pandemic in 2020. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for having me. And and it is interesting that we all go, you know, it's like a classroom we can't skip, that everybody has an experience of some form of guilt, of grief, whether it's divorce or death or even addictions, and and how we can use them as catalysts instead of crucifixion. So, um, yeah, I have had a lot of opportunities to do some transforming there. Um when you asked about my grief story, my grief began when my mom passed away when we were kids and mm. um, she had breast cancer. So, yeah. So, and, mm-hmm. and the, a child trying to make sense of the eternal nature of death and form is just like mind boggling. Like I'll never see her again. And, mm. um, 
So those kinds of classrooms, and you know, then kind of growing up, um, you know, my husband left from his universe, so I had to divorce, and that was a really great classroom. Each of these, you know, deaths and grief, grief opportunities have definitely delivered me so much. <laughs> and I think mm. one of the ways that I've been able to uh, find the elixir is through art, through through creating. You know, so when my mom passed away from breast cancer, I ended up creating a show called Booby Trap, the very breast show in town, about a woman's relationship with her breast. Mm. And I had 13 women on stage talking about like too big, too small, exploited, buying your first bra, like all of the stories that come from a woman's perspective, as opposed to the oversaturated version of a woman's breast from a man's perspective that we usually see, you know? Um, right. And I got to do a lot of healing in that, you know? Um, and then with my divorce, I ended up writing that story in Spiritual Vixen's Guide to an Unapologetic Life. Um, so these things, you know, at first I thought that, you know, that art was like poor man's therapy. But now I really mm-hmm. feel like art really is um, the way that I heal. And so it doesn't just heal me, but then I have sort of a souvenir to offer to the world to say, like, I went there, I came back, and this is what I know about it. And, you know, this won't crush you or kill you. It could um, ordain you. Wow. Whoa. I am <laughs> I'm so in love with these words about, you know, I've been in private practice for 29 years. And mm-hmm. it's the, the grief stories and journeys that I have been honored to witness and support human beings in, and, and of course, myself in my own life journey and my own grief and people so close to me that I love and losses I've witnessed myself to, to hear you put it that, that you used to think of art as a poor man's therapy. And then you realize that that was such a part of your own recovery and healing and that it was this opportunity to get a souvenir, like these gifts that you brought back and gave to others. How powerful, how incredible. Well, you know, I think that what um, I, I think I learned that from working the 12 step because I also had a classroom there <laughs> and mm. in the 12 step, it was, you know, embedded into me that if I didn't share it, I couldn't keep it. And so yeah. art is one way to share it. Like it's one really beautiful and unencumbered threshold to help other people to see, you know, um, so that's what I, that's what I've done with my life. I've just used art. Um, Again, first, because it's all that was offered, like in the 1980s, if your mom died, it wasn't like you're going to therapy. It was like, you're going to school, make your lunch. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? It's like, yes. you know, so yes. there was no outlet for me to express myself. And it was, when I mean, it was such a, whatever, for whatever reason, it felt like a shaming story. Like I was so different from everyone else. And I, you know, where their problems were like, I can't get a date for prom. I was like, my grievance seemed too big to speak. So mm. when I got into acting, I, I was able to take all of that emotion and express it through other characters without actually owning it, but just to get it out of my body. Mm-hmm. And then I started to see, like, when when I worked on Booby Trap, I started to see that it was even more powerful if I did own it. 
if I did say this is my story and I'm speaking mm. the story and sharing the story. So storytelling has been a big part of my journey, storytelling and writing stories and, and sharing stories. Uh, I think it's really healing for all of us. In, recently, I had another opportunity uh, that came across my my plate, which was my, my youngest son um, came out as transgender. And um, I did not know how to deal with that. Like, I was like, this was not in the baby books. I have no idea. Like, life just took a left turn. And I, you know, as you can imagine, it was just a big thing. And even, like, as liberal as I've been in my life, when it sits down at your table, it's like, okay. Um, so, uh, I worked it out a lot through through creating a play, a one-woman a one show called Transparent Love. And mm. uh, I got to take it around to other communities of other people who were struggling. You know, it's like you, it's almost like a, a thing that you're shamed about even struggling with it. Like you should be totally fine with it or totally against it. There's, a, there's no mm-hmm. real area for parents to grieve the other child that isn't going to be raised. So again, such a big conversation, but through just sharing my own experience, my own experience, strength and hope, uh, I was able to heal like some of the confusion I had. And then also be helpful to other people. So it's, I, you know, I just, um, it just, it works for me. And I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think many people use art to transform and to heal. Um, but I can't sing the praises enough of it because it really has been my, you know, keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really get how, how it has saved you. I, I know what creating has done for me and for so many people that I love and we all create in different ways. I mean, right. You know, for, for myself, I mean, you know, as much as I would love to be able to build out a tune, you know, that is uh-huh. not, not my personal gift. It happens to be Cindy mm-hmm. Valero's gift or my the producer mm-hmm. of Finding Hope. Um, she's an amazing song, songstress. Um, but I want to say that creating it all, um, which I do mm-hmm. a lot of in my life, um, what that has brought to me, I so resonate with your words around how it, it has a transformative power. And I'm, I'm thinking about um, our dear listeners that during this time, you know, if, if you don't identify with being able to, um, you know, create a, a show or write a book, that there are so many ways that we can create with a meal that we prepare, with a, a letter yeah. we write a friend. I mean, I yeah. would love to um, ask for you to share some of your thoughts around how you encourage people around creativity. It's so funny. I mean, I just love, uh, I just love the conversation. And I love how, like, you know, the universe sort of continues to tee up perfect opportunities. Because just this past Sunday, I was doing a sermon on playfulness. And how important it is because, you know, it, um, it, it is the like uh, opposite of stress almost. And, um, and that in the ancient cultures, they, they would say like, if you were disenfranchised or disconnected or depressed, you would go to the shaman and, and, and the questions would be, when did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? When did you stop enjoying your own stories? And when did you stop finding enchantment in silence? And these four elixirs, Singing, dancing, stillness, storytelling, like those are free. And you're right. Mm. There's a thousand other forms of it. There's like mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. a good meal 
holding the door open for somebody like these are small creations that we don't give much, you know, nod to because, you know, they're, they're sort of ephemeral, but there's so many beautiful ways that you can create. And I think we have gone down the road of being uh, hypnotized into thinking we're consumers as opposed to creators. Mm. And um, we, and there's, you know, I, I feel like this time is a call for us to move back into our artisan life. You know, to really recognize what, you know, how you can leave your mark and what things you can create. And I know, like, you know, it seemed like flour was flying off the, um, <laughs> was flying off the um, oh, yeah. grocery store because everybody was like baking bread, you know. And um, <laughs> I think that, you know, <laughs> like, like there, like, I think that there is a bit of a calling for us to move back into like, um, being simpler and being more creative. And I, I find that this pandemic is an invitation for that. Um, so I, when, in whatever way you can do that and whatever way you're called and to take this, the, the uh, sort of the stigma off of it, of you're only a creative if you're a professional, like that's just really has mm-hmm. annihilated yeah. our power, you know? It's true. Or, or you're only creative if you're famous. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And in the world of, you know, social media that you're only, you know, successful if you're famous. And I, I, I love, I love this conversation around encouraging people to create that how, how much that in, in the different classrooms, I, lo- I also adore how you've said that, that, you know, you've had these different classroom experiences, you've had these in- heart shattering losses in your life and that you have allowed, you know, you've, you allowed your heart to be moved deeply and you created from them and then you gave Mm -hmm. back to others through that. And that, and that Mm -hmm. all of us during this pandemic, this is what we're all, what is happening. um, We're all being called to give back in, in, in our own unique way um, that all of those little acts help shift consciousness and help wake people up. And um, all through these acts of, of love, love in action. And what an amazing story you've had. I mean, when you were sharing about your son coming out as, as transgendered and that you then wrote a one-woman show, Transparent, I mean, Wow. How amazing. And I, I can just imagine the, the validation that that gave to so many parents that um, are, are wanting to, as you said, it's like, you know, you don't really know how to, you don't really know how to respond. You know, you're yeah. afraid to grieve. You shouldn't show your grief and, and how much permission you gave to others um, by doing that very thing. And and, yes, that's, and and that's what we're here for, right? And you know, like in re- in regards to art, well, first of all, Meryl Streep I think says, "Take your broken heart and make some art." <laughs> and mm. in regards to art, and specifically around telling your story, like there are certain stories that belong to other people. So this story also belongs to my son. So mm-hmm. I had to find a way of telling it from the parent's perspective without trespassing against his experience, you know, so 
it is an interesting thing um, uh, of how to do that, with how to create without possibly causing more harm. But mm-hmm. what I noticed was that, like, a lot of the parents who came out, like, they just didn't know, they didn't know how to speak. I mean, I, I guess part of my blessing is that I did come up through Hollywood. I did, you know, I was an actress for 20 years. I did have stage fright in the beginning. Like I did have to work through all of that, my own like um, congested, um, you know, uh, throat chakra issues. Um, But Mm -hmm. now it's like, Mm -hmm. now I can't shut it down. So, but that can be used as a (laughs) gift to other people (laughs) who can't find their words. And they can, you know, I found people just standing in front of me with like tears in their eyes, like with Mm -hmm. nothing to say. You know, like they mm. just didn't know how to say what they needed to be said. So most of the time we would have, not was a, all of the time after the show, which I felt was just sort of like creative foreplay for lack of a better, better word. But it was mm-hmm. just the thing to stir up the conversation so that the audience could ask questions. So the audience mm-hmm. can tell their stories. And that's what we would do. And that was the most important time was just to listen and to hear other people talk about their the pride that they had about their kids and talk about the fears that they had about their kids and talk about like, you know, the things they didn't know and the things that they discovered about themselves. And so that really was um, the beautiful thing that I got to experience for just simply sharing my story. That's I love the incredible depth that you bring in your work along with that playfulness both. And and I have to say, referencing back to um, your book, um, Spiritual Vixen, uh, um, A Guide to an Unapologetic Life, you know, that statement that you made that your ex-husband left you for Miss Universe, that's not something a lot of women can say. Um, that <laughs> must have, like, I mean, just blown, I mean, just blown your world wide open. Yes, it, it did. And um, I was a sing- suddenly a single mother with a four-year-old on my hip and a completely shattered self-esteem. And, uh, but, 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 you know, but it was, it, what happened was what I realized was that this classroom came because I hadn't really dealt with my abandonment issues from my mom. You know, that this was just another way that the universe was trying to get me to see that I was not actually abandonable and that I had to stop abandoning myself. And mm. so the year I, th- I took off and, and that book is based on is the year that I was like, I don't know how I got to this place where my husband left me from his universe, but I have to figure it out. And I have to not carry whatever broken baggage and old agreements I have and unconscious, you know, uh, agreements into the next relationship. And so I did that work. It was a really interesting experience, you know, and, and, you know, not to blow the ending, but actually Miss Universe ended up calling me um, towards the end of the book. Um, She calls me and she says to me, I, and she sounds so thin and sad. And I had never spoken to her on the phone before. And she says to me, I think that he's cheating on me. And all of the desire that I had had that year of like that inner monster of like go slash her tires, kill, crush, destroy her, like take her down at all measures. <laughs> like, you know, it had been healed. It had been healed because I recognized that there was a blessing for me in that classroom. So by the time mm-hmm. she called me, 
and I hear her, I can't help but feel her immense pain. Yeah. And um, and I said to her, like, you know, he he that might be true, but like you can't abandon yourself. And she said mm. to me, actually, she said to me, um, oh, this is such a crazy question that she said to me. I had seen him with this other woman at our child Christmas show. And she said, did you, have you seen him with somebody? And I couldn't lie to her. So I said, yes. And then she asked me, Miss Universe says, is she, was she, is she pretty? And uh, I was like, and I was like, you're Miss Effing Universe. Like, no one's prettier than you. <laughs> like, you can't be insecure. And I like, uh, said it just like that. And she started laughing and I started laughing. I'm like, you don't get to ask that question, man. Like, you, you represent. <laughs> you represent um, Aphrodite herself. Yeah, right. So, it, but it's interesting that that, that, that abandonment thing lives in all of us. Yes. Like no matter yes. how many trophies or tiaras the world's going to give you, you if you don't know yourself, it's all for nothing. Yes. Yes. Again, what great depth you bring um, in your work and through your work. And, and at a time where um, we, we are in such a, a toxic culture of superficiality, I'm, I'm so grateful that there are women and leaders out there like you in the world mm -hmm. bringing your heart so fully and vibrantly while um, including speaking about the the big reality of loss and how painful yeah. it really is and if yeah. we're willing to do the work because you said I did the work I took a year I really faced a lot of that pain within myself, I did the work. Yes. And then through that allowed you to give back and gift so many. Yeah, you can't give what you don't have, which is a concept from the Course in Miracles, you know, so you, you know, you want to work on your own consciousness. Um, and like, that was a year that I actually maybe began to do the work and there was a lot more work to do you know what I mean but I really got clear that it wasn't about me changing the world it was about me changing me you know and that I could wow. do that work um so yeah and I love that you said about the superficiality that seems to be plaguing our society because you know like you um uh you know a feminine divine um leader um there is there is still so much work for us to do, you know, and, and I was sharing this with someone the other day when I was kind of speaking about the feminine divine. She's like, well, what about the masculine divine? What about, and I said, it's almost like saying like, what about white lives matter? It's like, we can't heal our consciousness unless we help have equality and we don't have equality, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so we, it's okay for us to focus on that. And I have, think I have resisted that for a long time of really just embracing this aspect of myself and championing it and healing it. Um, but, you know, I don't think we can move through the eye of the needle without doing this work that we're being called to do right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, I am in full resonance with the importance of our claiming our power and not not being afraid of it not shying away from it but you know but mm -hmm. owning it owning it mm -hmm. and and standing in it with our trembling and it's 
you know, it's not without our trembling. We bring our trembling along with us as we each, you know, give back and, and bring our gifts. Yes. It doesn't have to happen at the cost of reverence for the masculine divine. It doesn't have to happen at the cost of that. You know, it can happen alongside that. And I think that's what we haven't really understood is Mm -hmm. that, you know, that love expands exponentially. It doesn't, you know, get get sliced up and served out in small little pieces. It actually expands the more that we, we, you know, we uh, uh, appreciate it in every skin tone, in every sexuality, in every gender, in all of it, the grand spectrum of humankind. Like as the more we can embrace, uh, the more we're going to have, not the less. I so appreciate what you're saying. It's so true. How much we need each other. Mm-hmm. How much we, I mean, I'm incomplete without, without you. You're incomplete right. without me. I mean, the, the feminine is incomplete without the masculine. You know, right. uh, white people are incomplete without our black brothers and sisters and people of all color. We all, we all need each other. I mean, that is the, the that is the divine grand plan. Yeah. Um, there may be so much that we don't understand and so much that is mystery. But what mm-hmm. I do bank my entire life on is that we, I know for certain that we passionately, truly need each other. And yeah. that inclusion is essential um, for for getting through this pandemic, for what's coming forward in the world. And I'm, I'm seeing from my producer here that I'm getting the, the signals that we'll be needing to wrap up soon. So I want to give you an opportunity to say whatever else is on your heart to our, our listeners around um, our conversation that we've been sharing together today. Well, I guess what it really comes into for me is the um, willingness to walk around the elephant and to see this the story not from your own perspective but from the opposite perspective I mean there's a chasm in our communities many chasms that just come um, deeper and deeper the less we want the more we want to hold on to our own perspective so like to be willing to stretch and walk around the elephant and stand in someone else's shoes and really allow yourself to see what that means for them, you know, and, to, and it basically means like, please attempt to nurture an open mind that you don't know what everything is for, that you might want to stay curious, and that you, we all still have so much to learn. That's so beautiful and so powerful and such important guidance, Maureen, around mm-hmm around this willingness to have that kind of open-hearted humility and to really develop those skills of empathy and that, and that, that those are necessary for love and necessary Mm -hmm. to, to bridge this gap that you're talking about, this, this gap that, you know, where we don't understand, where we don't get it, that things can help us is that open mind heart with empathy so right. beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. And, and as, um, you know, woman to woman, I want to say truly, I, 
I cherish your life in the world and I cherish that you've chosen to be a human being that will dive deep and discover who she is and and then create through that with such generosity to bless so many others. I mean, truly, thank you. Thank you for all you give. And for our listeners that want to know more about you and want to find you online and just learn about you, where can they find you? Well, I have uh, two two websites. One is MaureenMuldoon.com, and that's just the general basic things of classes and events that I do. And then the other one is Miracles Live 365, and that one is for to study A Course in Miracles. If you're ever interested in studying A Course in Miracles, that's what we do it there. And then Speakeasy Spiritual Community is our online spiritual community that meets once once a week on Sundays where we do, where we have conversations on spirituality. So those are the three websites. You can pretty much find anything there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you. you Thank you for all you do. Oh, absolutely. And for you guys, Thank you so much. You can review this episode here. You can find me on Instagram, bird underscore Mandy, and you can find me on Facebook at Mandy Bird. You can also find me at MandyBird.com. See you next time on Finding Hope. 